Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. Hey, BTB buddies, you know I'm always looking for great independent podcasts, and I found another one in Quantum Week. Holy cow, Quantum Week is a wild ride through pop culture history. Chris and Matt team up and pick a random week in history and talk about the movies, music, and headlines that make that week unique. The Quantum Week guys talk about all the weeks. Do you know what was big on the week of June 28th, 1991? Well, it was a league of their own and baby got back, so there you go. Going back in time with Chris and Matt is a lot of fun. Quantum Week just doesn't give you an audible list of the stuff going on in a particular week. Chris and Matt review movies like Top Gun, Mean Girls, and Beetlejuice, along with music by Katy Perry, Hootie and the Blowfish, and Drake. They also cover weeks in all the years. I've listened to episodes that cover weeks from 1969 to 2016. The big movie in 1969, by the way, was Midnight Cowboy. The banner between Chris and Matt is a lot of fun, and I like the way they don't agree on everything. Quantum Week is a great show to take you back to the week that means something to you or to discover movies, music, and news you may have missed. Check out Quantum Week on all the podcast apps. It's a good one. My guest today is a stand-up comedian, author, and former co-host of the Emmy-nominated Star Talk with Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson. She has performed for U.S. troops in the Middle East and has appeared on HBO. Lifetime, Comedy Central, and The View. She has a PhD in interdisciplinary studies and has a dry bar special. How many people can you say has that? And here's a little uh, tidbit for you. She also wrote the pilot for the Chris Rock show. It's Leanne Lord. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I want to clarify. I was one of a team of writers on the pilot of the Chris Rock show. (laughs) So, oh, oh my word. I don't, I don't want any angry phone calls or missed tweets or none of that. Okay. Okay. That was so long ago. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't last long. I wasn't there past the pilot. Yeah. Oh, that's great. This is kind of funny. I did want to tell the story of how I discovered you. This podcast is just a little over a year old. I'm like two episodes over a year old. And in 2019, I knew I was going to do the podcast. I was doing another podcast. I knew I was going to switch over to this one, but I was nowhere near ready. And I didn't have artwork or anything like that. I wanted to make sure I did it right. So I was doing all the due diligence and studying other podcasts and making sure I'm different and stuff like that. But at that time, I was getting obsessed with George Takai. The best way to, when you're obsessed with somebody is to listen to podcasts because that's where you get the real story. The TV stuff doesn't really work. And, you know, his story is just so compelling. I mean, with the internment camps, with how he was typecast as an actor for so long and being gay at a time where, you know, they 
it's not good now, but it was really bad when he was young. So I was searching out podcasts, and Star Talk had you and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and he introduced you. And I thought you were just so great on the show that I put your name in my notes and on my phone put it in there along with all my grocery lists, um, all the measurements for the stuff I'm doing in the house. And it just keeps getting going down, down, down. And right before I emailed you, I was cleaning up my notes. Um, I, I've been through two phones, I think, since that note. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I was cleaning up and I was going, Leanne Lord, I'm like, I don't remember. So I had to look you up and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that one. So I emailed you and it's funny, I emailed you direct instead of uh, using a publicist because uh, all the publicists are just shooting me down lately. So uh, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow. I, I made the list literally yeah. and, and survived two phones. That's, yeah, no that's a major deal there. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to get into you first, I mean, you've been doing comedy for 25 years, right? Uh, it's a little more now. Yeah, I started okay. in 92. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Crazy. Now, <laughs> during that time, you're doing all this education. I mean, you're you're doing your bachelor's and PhD and stuff well, like that. So what came I, first? I, I got my bachelor's before I started doing comedy okay. and the PhD, totally honorary. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't put me up against folks who did their struggled and did their dissertation uh-huh. and did work. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, you know, greedy. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, it's great to put on your credits. Yeah. 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 Well, it, yes and no. It's like because everybody's like, "What does that have to do with comedy?" Like, absolutely nothing. Yeah. And and then it does not help for dating. It's like, nah, she's too smart. Oh. <laughs> But, but, you know, the, but the, the work of being a, a, a full-time comic, man, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's an education in and of itself, in my opinion, my humble opinion, you know. So what prompted you to get on the stage? Oh gosh. Uh, well my prompt to get on the stage was even before I did stand up. Uh, I was a theater, I turned into a theater minor when I was in college. And so I, I did, I performed, I did musicals, I did straight plays. Mm-hmm. I loved being on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the comedy part was that, you know, I, I loved making my friends laugh, you know, and, and then that started from childhood where I, I really made the constant decision that I was tired of being picked on, uh, for doing mm-hmm. my schoolwork. And I said, well, what'll make them stop? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, maybe if I'm funny, if I make them laugh, if I tell the joke about me first mm-hmm. before they do, A, it won't hurt as much, and B, they're laughing, C, maybe they'll leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> it totally worked. It was. It became a tool in my arsenal, never suspecting that I would ever actually do stand-up. That didn't come until after I graduated college. Uh-huh. Yeah. And what was that first time like? Uh, first time on stage? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was... I was so nervous. I didn't want to do it. I had taken a class, Uh you know, that's what everybody does, you know, eight week class, you know, and I, I thought, um, you know, about two weeks before I was like, Oh, I don't think I can get on stage. This has been nice. Thank you very much. I Uh I don't want to do it. And my, my teacher at the time, he said, why don't you go watch a a live show? Just, just go watch a show. And what happened is, I think what happens for everybody, I went to a comedy show, I went to the comic strip, which is where my class was, and the comics were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I can do better than that. Yeah. You know, so he, my teacher let my ego do the work for him. Instead of him talking me into it, my ego jumped up and went, come on, Leanne, yeah. we can do this. Uh, which is, you know, we shouldn't always listen to our ego. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I, you know, I, I remember I, I was there. I, I was waiting most of the night, um, getting more and more nervous, going, oh, maybe I should just leave. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, I got called on stage. You know, I was introduced. And um, something just amazing happened. I told my first joke, and people laughed. Uh-huh. And I, I wasn't – I actually hadn't – prepared for that part uh-huh. <laughs> like oh my god they're laughing what do i do now and like <laughs> forgot what mm-hmm. else i wanted to say yeah. for a few seconds but clearly i came to myself it was the longest five minutes of my life and i got off stage knowing that my life had completely changed i'm like this is what i want to do because even though i was nervous i felt like i found my safe space uh-huh. even though we didn't call it that right. back then i felt at home yeah i'm like this is where i am supposed to be you know take my lumps whatever it is to get better but this is where i want to be mm. and this is what i want to do i'm sure your previous stage time had prepared you somewhat for being on stage but it's different when you're up there by yourself isn't it yes yes completely and when you're part of a cast and there's a fourth wall and the audience isn't really allowed to interact with you except Mm. with applause um stand-up is a very different beast Mm. you know so yeah you can there's some preparation perhaps that you have or familiarity Mm. i should say with with being on stage right but it is a different skill set uh entirely yeah yeah, I definitely agree with that. Thinking about your style of comedy now, how much different is it now than it was when you started? Oh, gosh. I, I'm i not sure how much I've changed stylistically. Mm. You know, I think I've just, you know, over time I've gotten better, mm. uh, I, I hope. Uh, but my my voice is stronger. Mm. You know, I'm more sure about the material mm. that I've written. I'm more confident on stage and I have more space to let the audience in. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started, I treated it kind of like a monologue. Mm-hmm. Like here are my jokes. These are the jokes I would like to say. Please stop interrupting people yeah. <laughs> with your spontaneous eruptions. All I want is your applause. Just, you know, <laughs> And, and in a way, it, part of me is still that way. My mentor taught me that the best way to uh, fight against hecklers or people who want to interrupt your show is that you don't leave them room to get in. If they're busy laughing, they're mm. not busy thinking about stuff to shout at, right. at you. Um, and so I, I've adhered to that, uh, but I've also had to leave space for the people that are honestly answering my questions mm-hmm. or they're so happy to be there. You have to make that distinction. Like who's there, you know, to be an idiot and who's there. Cause they, they're really enjoying this. Um, and, and especially when I'm emceeing, you know, I let them know right up front when I ask a question, it is not a gotcha. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just trying to bring us together as a unified audience mm-hmm. and, and have a good time. So I, I think I've gotten a lot more confident in, in letting them in and still being able to ringmaster mm-hmm. uh, the situation as much as one can. I mean, yeah. it's, it's really juggling tigers. It's, it's, it is. <laughs> it's not it a tightrope. You know, I, I am amazed that anyone ever wants to do this. Right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I agree. Now, I've watched a lot of your stuff, and uh, when you talk about hecklers and, and things like that, I you have such command of the stage that I don't think, you're going to have that happen very often. It's very rare. It's very rare. Um, I am more likely to get the happy heckler, uh-huh, yeah. you know, which is, you know, the, the, what, maybe a drunk lady at a bachelorette party who's really into it and is really yeah. a fan. And they want to be part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you go girl, you know, 
uh, that type of thing. You know, male hecklers are rare uh, because comedy before in the before times uh, was a dating activity. Mm-hmm. You know, what guy is going to take out a girl and then heckle a girl comedian that's going to make him look like yeah. the bad guy? Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that. He's just not. <laughs> Most guys, most yeah. guys. I, I, again, it's been so rare for me. My one of my favorites was um, it was a guy uh, in the front rows at New York comedy clubs. It was ages ago, and I rarely perform in glasses. Rarely, mm-hmm. and this was one of those times I got on stage with my glasses, and I know I get I don't get to say anything. He just looks at me and goes, huh, "You look like a librarian." <laughs> And I, I, I don't have heckler lines. I don't have anything prepared. Yeah. I just looked at him and I said, how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and I'm like, thank you for the perfect comeback. I mean, no one's ever going to say that to me again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was just so random. But I'm like, yeah, that's a joke I get to tell now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And you really, I really like how you... You talk about real world stuff like, um, you know, um, uh, racism, um, being uh, money issues, uh, your parents, um, mm-hmm. man issues, all, you know, all that stuff. And well, yet, you, thereof, man issues, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you keep it, you keep it at, um, you keep it at a place where it opens eyes and um, you could come in a lot harder. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, you could, you, I'm sure. you could come in a lot harder, and I'm sure you and I both think a lot harder because I I have a similar style to you, and you could really just slay people and either turn the audience totally for you or against. But it seems like you probably do well with just about any audience. Is that is that right? Just about. You know, I, I I'm. I'd like to say I have a relatively broad appeal, but I'm also at the same time, not everybody's cup of tea, Mm. (laughs) if that makes sense. Nor do I want to be, you know, if if you first start, you don't know anybody like, Oh, I want to make everybody laugh. Like, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't. (laughs) If your show is Wednesday night at midnight, I'm not your girl. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My my audience already went to bed and they're getting ready for work the next morning. I'm not, you know, but you have to learn, you know, who, not just who your audience is, but who you are and who you work well with. And I've done, you know, so many different types of crowds. I mean, I've, I've done all 50 states. I've performed in all 50 states, wow. you know. And, uh, yeah, by the way, we don't need all 50, but that's another story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've done that. I've done colleges, cruise ships. You know, cruise ships are, are hard uh-huh. in the sense that you have your family show that they ask you to do. Yeah. And then you have um, your your late show, your, yeah. your R-rated show, mm. you know. And I, I always used to say I'm, I'm lowercase r. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my just learning who I am as a comic, you know, a lot of the early opinions were that I would be a great TV comic Uh or I would get more work that Mm -hmm. way. Um, and I, I also am reflexively, you know, when I was, when I was coming up, I didn't like insult humor. I didn't like people who abused the audience. I'm like, this is counterproductive. You know, people would come in and they're afraid to sit in the front row. I can't have people afraid to come see what I do. Right. Why are we spending so much energy chasing audiences out Mm. when what we want them to do is come in? Yeah. And so I was mindful of that, 
you know, uh, as a performer, you know, again, this is not to judge anyone else's style, you know, people do what they do and Mm -hmm. others like what they like, but I know it was something that I was conscious of, like, no, I want people in the seats and I want them in the front row. Yeah. I want them laughing. Right. You know, not, not being, I've, I've seen people freeze up when I look at them and I say hi and go, and I'm like, (laughs) we're not doing that. It's not that type of show. Right. Now, if you bring me nonsense as a heckler, we're I could either finish my show or the next thirty minutes could be about your mom. Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, we could keep it nice and friendly, or we could take this outside. Yeah. you know, and no one ever thinks of me that way, but because I don't try to run my show that way. Right. You know, um, I want I want everybody to have a good time. Everybody who's there. Yeah. You know, to to have a good time. Yeah. And I uh, and, and, and and there is a difference, by the way, between the eight o'clock show and the ten o'clock show. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> you know where yeah. you know if you saw one of those shows, it's like oh okay, she is coming in a little harder. Yeah, because they're a little drunker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you 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 adjust. You adjust. Yeah. yeah. I I prefer the eight o'clock show myself, but I I've been oh, to plenty of the yeah. ten o'clocks too, just because well, that's when I could get there. Yeah, listen, I've come to appreciate, well, again, the before times, the 10 mm. o'clock show, because I remember the midnight shows, mm. which is like, what are we doing here, everybody? Can't we just get a juggler? Yeah. <laughs> Can't we just do that? Yeah. Who was the guy at the comedy store that did the late nights that was just so nuts? I, I don't remember his name, but they they just used him all the time for the late nights. Yeah, no, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I'm. I'm New York based, yeah. so I don't know who who was at the store late. But it's like, yeah, that's that's the hour for high energy, mm. um, loud, louder comics, yeah. perhaps. And you know, yeah, it doesn't hurt to juggle. Yep. It doesn't, you know, because <laughs> what are we asking for? What what kind of attention span are we asking for? Yeah. Night? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna you know say has everyone read the syllabus before I start. Right. You know, yeah. I'm, it's not gonna work yeah they read the beer bottle that's all they read (laughs) if that (laughs) um thinking about your influences obviously you must have liked comedy in order to get into it who do you think your biggest influences were oh man um I think early on for me, I mean, of course uh George Carlin Mm. of course you know just because similar work ethics, similar styles, similar ideals, perhaps, mm-hmm. if I can be so bold. You know, I, I feel like he made people laugh about really serious things mm-hmm. that on the face of them might not have been funny, mm-hmm. but he was able to to do that and make people laugh. And then at, it, once you take that laugh and you have that cleansing breath, as I call it, it's like, huh, that was funny, yeah. but that was actually serious. Maybe we can work on this now. Right. You know, yeah. he he epitomized to me the uh, the town crier. Mm. You know that 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 person that said, "Hey, everybody, um, village is on fire. We should do something." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's what comedy has done to me. That's great comedy to right. me. Um, people have different you know opinions. You know, they like their slapstick or their silly humor, but humor that makes me laugh and think. Mm. That's that's sort of my wheelhouse. Um, so I guess that's why I grew up liking Carlin. Uh, I also like, uh, there's some, some, well, I won't say lesser known, uh, but Marsha Warfield for sure. Um, and if folks are unfamiliar with her, she was the bailiff, uh, one of the bailiffs on night court. So I've actually uh, approached her publicist and, uh, 
I haven't gotten anywhere yet. So if you know her, put in a word for okay, me. Why don't you just hit her up on Facebook? I, why are I, you I, calling I, her publicist? That's insane. <laughs> no, well, seriously, because well, I, I reached out to her on Facebook. This was years ago, just to say how much of a fan I was, because she was one of the first black women I saw, uh-huh. you know, doing comedy on TV. And I was like, we can do that. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about Moms Meagly. I was too young. Right. You know, she's in, in her special, smoking a cigarette, not giving a damn. I was like, <laughs> Mom, buy me some cigarettes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you watching? It was, it was just awesome. So I reached out to her to tell her what a fan I was. And, you know, lo and behold, she's a fan of my work. And I'm like, oh, that's great. What? Yeah. Are you kidding? I, it, I'm mind blown. Like, like, how do you even know me? And yeah. Like, but, you know, you follow, you know, you get to know who's who in the industry. And was, she came here to New York. And she actually gave me tickets to go see her show oh, um, cool. over at BB King's. And she was like, yeah, hang out. We'll have drinks. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I, was like, I met I met her. I already knew, you know, Paul Mooney at the time. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting here with com- comedy royalty. And they think I'm allowed to sit here. Yeah. With yeah. Them. Like, this is crazy. Um, so sometimes people are more approachable. Um, than you think, you yeah. know. What I mean, maybe it's different because it's a, it's it's an interview. But I mean, I found her to be approachable and mm-hmm. delightful, and it helps that she's a fan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm going to drop your name and just go direct, so we'll see how that works. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Try it. Try it. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things you mentioned was work ethic, and you know your bio says that you're you like to fill up your whole day, and you are very organized. How does that go as far as writing and having your material? Are you on like a set schedule for writing, or how does that work for you? No, I wish I were more like you know Stephen King. You know, get up, write for five hours, turn yeah. out three novels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I wish my work ethic were that strong. Um, in terms of you know doing my, I mean, I'm I'm a relentless idea gatherer. Mm. You know, so anything that that you know an idea comes to my head, I stop immediately and write it down. Mm. Um, there we have the 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 materials to do that if there's a phone in your hand you have a dictation machine yeah. you you have a note app you know no idea should ever be allowed to escape mm. you know from your mind so i i'm relentless about that and then you know i don't waste my time you know when i'm online standing waiting online i'm just not staring off into the atmosphere mm. i'm looking at my notes going what did i what did i jot down here yeah. what can i what can i flesh out uh-huh. you know and i love and then when i can take it from there to actually sitting down and I would say majority now it's typing, but mm. I still like the freedom of having a piece of paper and a pen. Yeah. And if it, it particularly if an idea is giving me a hard time, it's easier for me to flesh it out on paper and just let let that let that rhythm get you know get into that rhythm. Mm. I, it, it sweeps me up every time. I, I really enjoy it. And at this moment, believe it or not. Um, I felt like I wanted to do something a little different. So I'm actually doing um, a writing for late night TV class. Oh, cool. And, uh, oh, my God, I had no idea how much I, I would love it or how much I missed being a student of mm. comedy. You know, because you, when you're out here doing it and grinding, you mm. sometimes forget about the things that you need to do to, you know, elevate your skills. Right. And, and so that's actually changed my work ethic recently. I'm up every day, you know, 
combing through the news, what's happening, gathering Mm -hmm. ideas, you know, to jot down and then come back and write Mm -hmm. later. And some of it might be suitable for late nights. Some of it's just for me. And there's a difference. It's a really big difference between writing for yourself as a stand-up and then writing for someone else, you know, writing in their voice. Uh, I, I finally think I'm at that point in my career where I have the ability to to separate the mm-hmm. two you know but either way it's 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 building the muscles yeah. it's building the the um the how should i say the practice mm-hmm. of writing because you have to fit that in like everything else if i'm sitting here writing then i'm not doing something else right um and if that's just binging netflix that's okay netflix is gonna be there mm-hmm right but but i once i get into the process i enjoy the process that's the thing that keeps me coming back uh-huh. a perfect day for me a perfect day for me is having an idea jotting it down fleshing it out seeing where it might connect to another bit in my set taking that on stage and working it out if i can if i can go from morning to night and i got i got that arc yeah what <laughs> <laughs> even if it doesn't work even yeah. if the joke doesn't work but that now it comes to why doesn't it work uh-huh you know, did I not get it out of my mouth the right way? Did I stumble over words? Was it not in the right position? Did I mess up my timing? Was it not the right? You can play with all of that mm. once you do it right. the first time and then bring it back, you know? And it has got to be like several passes before you go, yeah, that wasn't funny. Yeah, and <laughs> that I, I ask a lot of comics that because everybody has a different view. A lot of people, you know, they work out new stuff. They don't even write it down. They just work it out on stage, but Uh, everybody has, yeah, I I couldn't do that. Everybody has to have a point where they say, okay, I love this joke. It's my little baby, but nobody else likes it. So it's got to go home. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no shame in being ruthless. You know, why would you, why would you punish yourself? And why would you punish the audience? (laughs) You know, and, and sometimes it's, it's not throwing it out completely, but setting it to the side for later because something's missing Mm -hmm. and you may not have the time or talent to figure out what it is yet. So you just, you set it aside. You know, Mm -hmm. it's really the George Carlin school of, of uh, material development. He threw nothing away. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't mean you do all of it, right. but you know, sometimes something needs to breathe or you need a different perspective um, in order to come back to it. And I've come back to stuff years later and went, oh, that's it. Mm. You know, I'm like, I'm like, my, I'm finally able to see something or yeah, that's trash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and being able to say that it's okay. You should be writing and developing at such volume that to let one thing go is not going to sabotage your entire set. Uh-huh. You know, at some point, the closer you're using now is not going to be the closer you use five years from now, yeah. maybe not even a year from now, mm. you know, given the year that we've had, Right. you know, so it, you, you can't get so attached to, um, a bit especially if it's not working yeah um and i i you know i hear you about some people get on stage and they work it out in the moment like, oh, okay yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I and 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 you know what i i think you have to earn that yeah i think that's something you earn in and unfortunately newbies come out and they think oh i saw so-and-so you know just you know riff for 20 minutes i'm um, so-and-so was chris rock yeah <laughs> <laughs> Okay, who has yeah. unlimited access to stage time? You have to be a little bit more focused yeah. with your time. Yeah. Um, as do all of us. I mean, I, I I like to prepare, you know, ahead of time. And I think the preparation is what allows me to then discover things in the moment. Mm. There are things, you know, trying to get a joke out or, or, or doing something new where it'll just come out of my mouth in a way that I never could have written it. Mm. 
you know, like now that's gold to me, mm-hmm. but only true gold if you've recorded it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like when a, when a comic on stage says, oh my God, could somebody write that down? They're serious yes. because they forgot to turn their phone on. And it's like, <laughs> come on, <Yeah>. come on. <laughs> But I also want to add for the I do New Jersey, it's really hard for me to just throw my babies out there. Just, you know, okay, first joke's out of my mouth, brand new. Yeah. I I kind of, I, I like to sandwich them in between more experienced jokes. Mm. Like, like it's like the bigger siblings walking the little kid, the yeah. little sibling to school. Yeah. You know, where they have a little support. Uh-huh. You know, their first time out. And then we see where they where they where mm. they where they will fall. So, I know. I'm way overthinking it, but this is what works for me. Yeah. And really, it's fairly common among comics to do that, to sandwich things that are new in the middle. And, Some and of give, us. Give Some of shot. us. Not all. Yeah. And I don't want to beat up this point, but uh, so you got a new joke, and you do it in the middle of the set, and it's it's like a, a B minus. And... and but and a B minus is usually something you keep because you know you can make it better. Mm-hmm. How long? How many repetitions do you think you have to do before? Okay, I own this joke. This is this is part of my act, and it's going to be in every set. I don't. I don't think there's a there's a um, an algorithm for that. Okay. Now I'm, I'm sure. Now that I've said that, there's somebody working on an algorithm. You right know, now. Jerry Seinfeld has one. Right. Right. For how <laughs> how that that math is. This is such an individual thing. Mm. Um, as a comic, you know, sometimes you hold on to stuff too long. You mm. know, like a relationship, like you should have left two years ago. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's 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 different because given how much stage time you're getting, you might not get to do that joke every mm. single time. Right, you're on stage. You know, if you've only got say a five minute set, uh, and it's it's a money set, perhaps, or you're on a show, are you going to trot that joke out? Mm. You know, are you just going to go with your your killers? Mm. Uh, so it, it takes time, especially in, after that first time. You know, can we? There's so many different ways to tweak it before you know mm. um you know and like i said you know was it was it the cadence was it the position yeah. was it the timing there's so many as jerry seinfeld said, you know was, was your head tilted in the right direction yeah. <laughs> when you told yeah. the joke you know the the variables are many and to be willing to hang in there and and see uh how you can fix it if it's fixable and is this a joke that's universal? Mm. You know, if it's a joke that you can't do if you're performing at colleges and it's not a college joke, mm. you know, if it's a joke about divorce, yeah, you're, that joke's not going to fly for that audience. Right. You know, sometimes things are, are very audience or generationally uh, specific. Mm. So, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't have a number. Um, but, yeah, listen. But if it's if it's if we're getting over 10 times and it just it always just falls flat and you've honestly worked on it, you know, thank you for your service. Mm. Bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned recording your sets because I had always recorded audio and not very often recorded video. And then I started doing a couple of videos of my sets and found out uh, – exactly why people weren't laughing because i was just like a wooden statue up there i wasn't moving i wasn't doing anything yes you know i i when i when i've taught class uh i i'm a stickler for you at least have to get the audio down 
mm-hmm. you know, because you're on stage hearing, at least in the beginning, is not as good as what you're hearing when you listen to the recording. Like when you're on stage, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my gosh, why is this not doing well? What's happening? And you're, and you're in your head, you know, and then you listen to the recording, and you go, oh, I totally m- messed up my setup. You know, oh, you know, the waitress dropped a bunch of drinks. Oh, the audience got distracted. There there are things you can listen for after the fact, Mm. you know, just just off audio. So just that is even valuable. You throw in video and you're like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea I was stepping backwards on my punchline. Yeah. You know, that's that's the subtle thing where, you know, I'm not really sure about this. This is new. I don't know. You, I'm going to tell it. You guys laugh. (laughs) There's no no confidence there. Yeah. Or, or like you said, you're, you're too, you're too stiff. You know, so how do you loosen up, you know, or people have too much energy. They're pacing for no reason, Mm. you know? So the audience is spending their time watching you like a tennis match and not listening to what you're saying. You know, so there, mm. there's so much rich information. My dad used to call it game film. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. a big sports fan. And he's mm. like, they play their games, they watch their game footage. Mm. What did you do? What happened there? Right. You know, and it just shaves so much time off of your development. Yes. Yeah, you know, I agree. It, it, it makes you a stronger performer. And it also gives you something to work on. Mm. You know, I have my, my younger comic friends, they complain about open mics. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? When you're going on open mic, if you're just trying to play to those 10 comics in the room, that's not your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in, it's like, okay, he, these are the jokes that I want to do. This is what I'm working on, you know, in terms of material. But now what are you working on physically? Are you working without a mic this week? Are you working with the mic in the stand? Are you working on eye contact? Like, there's so much to you, for you to be doing. You don't have time to worry about the 10 comics in their notebook yeah. not laughing at you. Right. You know, how are you How are you developing? How are you using your development time? And I think if you train that way, that's, a, that's when I say work ethic, that's what you're doing throughout your career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you get off that stage, you know, Saturday night. Yeah, that was a good show. Now, now what was that new bit I did? Right. You know, let me yeah. listen. How did that? Because I said it. I said it the best way tonight that I've ever said it. Uh, let me go back and get that. You know. Yeah. So this this is all very selfish. This is all very. How do I be the best comic? You know, or the you know, do my best. You know, at this at this time, and that's whether you're an open mic or a headliner. Right. Honestly. And really, that's what you have to do, or you're just going to stay at the open mic level. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time, and you filmed the Dry Bar special in 2019. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes, yes. So tell me how that comes about, and take me take me from, okay, uh, you either asked to do a Dry Bar special, or they asked you all the way through production and all that. Sure. Uh, uh, I will. I'm embarrassed to admit. Had no idea who they were. Yeah. <laughs> not a clue you know and i and here's what's funny i would see clips of my friends you know you know they do the like little 10 second 30 second clips and i'm like oh that's great but my mind didn't go past into you know actually connecting this is dry bar this is their brand so yeah i was i have no idea what i was thinking so i get a call um i guess it was october uh, from Tony Camacho. Mm. He goes, Hey, Leanne, uh, yeah, uh, can I submit you for Dry Bar? And I'm, all I heard was submit, you know, comedy, <laughs> you know, opportunity. You yeah. know, you're, you we're sort of, 
most of your career, you're trying to say yes to everything, mm-hmm. you know, until you get to the point where you go, oh, I shouldn't have said yes to that, you know, but that comes in time. Uh-huh. In the beginning and for most of your career, you're just like, yes, 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 so you can get on stage. Mm-hmm. And yes, it sounded like an opportunity. Had no idea what I was saying yes to. Yeah. A week later, he calls me back. So, okay, yeah, well, yeah you're, you're in. You, you got to fill out a Provo, Utah. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> what What are you talking about? It seems, <laughs> he slowed down. He explained it to me. And I'm like, and I got to go when? <laughs> like, it, it, like, I didn't even have a full month, technically, yeah. to prepare. And then I had to remind myself, no, I've been preparing my entire career. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's not get crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm not starting from scratch. What I didn't have was a lot of run around the city time, mm-hmm. you know, to sort of put together the set that I wanted. Uh, but I did it. You know, you you reach out, you let people know what you're doing. And it was funny. The more people I told, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I got picked to do dry bar. Can I do a spot on you? They're like, you got picked to do dry bar. Oh my gosh! And I was like, this is this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> until I'm asking for spots. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people were were, were proud and and accommodating. And I thought it was a 15-minute set. Oh, okay. I I get there. Yeah, I get there that day. You know, I fly in that day, do the show that night, the shows that night. It's like, oh, I don't think I could do that anymore. I need to to get in a day before now. (laughs) But that day, so I I go in, we're we're picking outfits, we're doing the run-through, and uh, that's what I I hear. I'm like, oh, it's a 25-minute set? (laughs) (laughs) Literally, my, my, my comedy brain went, Okay, no nap then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that means. It's like I'm not getting a, a post uh travel nap. So yeah. I just spent to, you know, put it and which for me was actually okay because I'm one of those people you tell me how long a set is supposed to be and I over prepare. Mm-hmm. So if it's a ten minute set, I've usually got fifteen minutes of material mm-hmm. that I've had to to hack away. And I, I do that consistently. So I just knew I had to go back in and just put in all the things I thought I had to shave out mm-hmm. for time. And uh, so I, I get there that night. And by the way, um, just to, to take a step back, one of the things I learned in the process and, and one of the reasons I got submitted is that the dry bar brand is clean common. Yeah. You know, that's their that's that's their wheelhouse, mm. but not just clean Provo clean. Yeah. You know, Squeaky Provo, clean. Utah <laughs> clean. Like, And I've been perceived as clean my entire career. I'm not. But because I strategically use, uh, uh, shall we say, the salty words, yeah. um, because they're accurately used in the right place in the right time and the right number of times, um, people don't hear it when I use it. Yeah. You know, you don't so use it, it just, as punctuation. It's, I, no, the, no. It's, it's yeah. you know, I, I'm from the Robert Klein school of, of profanity. You know, it's like a seasoning. Mm. You, you, if you overuse it, you've ruined the meal. Yeah. Just the right amount, the meal is delicious. Yeah. You know, that's to me profanity and even subject matter. Mm. So um, even that, even that, knowing that I'm perceived as relatively clean or mostly clean, you know, their their criteria made me go, huh, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this, you guys. I mean, just, just to give you a very specific example, you're not allowed to say, oh, my God. Oh, Right. Now, for most of us, that's just a random utterance going in between jokes or as a response to something you've said. Uh, For them, it is literally said in the praise of God, you know, for worship. Uh And so to say it when you don't mean that is considered disrespectful. 
but they know their brand. And so they, if you get picked to the show, you know, they, 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 they think you already fit, but they also want you to win. Yeah. And so they send along their guidelines. They send you a video of what is expected and accepted and what's not. Mm. You know, I don't think as as a performer, we, we're used to being told, hey, don't joke about this five minutes before the show starts. Mm. You know, I, I, I did a, a school in five minutes before I go on. They said, yeah, could you not talk about religion and date rape? <laughs> and now that is all I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I don't have any jokes about that, yeah. <laughs> there are two minutes to writing new material. I mean, it's just—it's just this weird response that yeah. you have as a comic or as a human being, because humans are like that. You tell us no, and that's the thing we want yeah. to poke and touch, you know. So, so going from having that situation to going, no, 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 here's all our guidelines in advance, and at any point, you, you, if you really don't think you could do it. You know, I say, say no, uh-huh. you know, don't, don't make it a, a difficult situation for yourself and for them. And this is, this is whether it's a TV show or a gig, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if they're paying you money, you know, and they're calling you in, you're supposed to be a pro mm-hmm. and go, okay, yes, I can do this or no, I can't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I flew out there. Um, they treat you like gold. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it, and it's beautiful. I wish I had a chance to stay longer. Yeah. You know, to to just you know take it all in and, and enjoy it because the little I saw was just absolutely beautiful. Take in God's and, country. All right. uh, well, yeah, <laughs> and depending on which God, you know, because yeah. I'm like, I think Thor, Thor would like a piece of this. This is nice. This is nice. You know, till Loki gets there and then it's done for. Yeah. But yeah, they they treated me very well. The audiences just primo just so so good i noticed that i watched it today and i i I thought they really reacted well oh they were so good you know and and also i feel it also helps that i I was dressed nice i came dressed you know loaded for bear Uh (laughs) (laughs) you know my my and i've always been that way not necessarily it's always sequins but you know my theory is okay if you don't get the jokes you'll like the outfit you know i'm you you're going to be entertained on many levels Mm, here and if it's not the outfit then the sparklies in the outfit will distract you right (laughs) um, from any jokes you don't like but but it was weird to be in a club that served didn't serve alcohol; it only served Ugh. candy. And I was like, "Wow, that's different!" Like they are really <laughs> serious; and they're really committed. But they are also, you know, they they know their brand yeah. and they're and and they treat the comics well. Yeah, you know, I you know I had no argument. And again, I have I forget I have to explain to people. They're like, "Oh my god, there are people in the audience! Did you just take this?" And like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, slow down." Uh-huh. <laughs> This was from the before times. This was 2019 yeah. when we could gather as a people. Uh, and then the decade of 2020 happened. So I feel like I take this special 11 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just getting yeah. really. I hear that. Yeah, for sure. Now. And I'm actually glad because it just, it feels like 2020 is just new. It's a new feeling. It's a, it was a, it's a good time to have something like this to promote, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. going forward. It's a good time. And you've got, uh, as far as I can see from Drybar, and I've had a few people who have done specials on the podcast, You, it's a one-and-done take, and does it go out with no edits? or No, 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 no. Um, we, they, they are belt and suspenders people. Okay. We, did, we, we taped that show twice. Okay, okay. We, yeah, in front, same outfit. You know, in uh-huh. front of two different audiences, same material mostly. Yeah. Um, 
and they like I didn't get a uh sent a rough cut I want to say until November last okay. year. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was almost a year later. Part of that I'm sure was the pandemic. I, I'm sure their production uh uh timeline usually isn't that extended. Uh but they 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 I was surprised because any TV show I've ever done, I don't get to see a rough cut. Like yeah. I was like, is this <laughs> is this a mistake? Did y'all mean to send this to me? They're like, yeah, yeah, we want you to see it. Don't worry about the color corrections or this or this. And I was like, oh yeah, color correction is exactly what I was worried about. Uh, that's not my field. Yeah. I, like, I just assume you guys will work that magic. And they said, yeah, we just want you to see it. And was there anything you wanted us to change? And there was one thing, uh-huh. you know, in that I think got mixed up in the edit or, you know, that I didn't remember doing. And I'm like, yeah, that joke right there does not make sense in that position. Can you take that out? They're yeah. like, sure. And I was like, I'm just, you know, as an artist, you get so used to not being treated well Mm. or respected so that when it happens, it's like, is this what it's like normally? (laughs) Well, they're very, their productions are very professional and you know that they're shooting enough B-roll that they can do a take and come back because it's so seamless Mm -hmm. when you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see a lot of shows that were, were recorded. That's why I thought it was a one and done. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of shows that re- were recorded over two nights and you can tell it's, it's, yeah. it's super obvious. But it, well, and maybe it helps that it was one night, you know, two shows, one night, yeah. didn't, this wasn't two nights, you know, mm. cause there, there, there is something to be said, different energy, you know, your hair curls a little differently, mm. you know, I, I, I don't know. So there, there's some logic there to why you would do it back to back, right? you know, and just turn the audience over. Mm. Um, so, but they, you know, the, it was nice to be with people who not only cared about the production, mm-hmm. but they cared about you mm-hmm. um, as a comic. And it it's funny. I was I was agonizing over material, of course. It's like, what do I do? What do I put in? What do I take out? Mm-hmm. And um, I decided this, this was just sort of me, my peace of mind. I said, this will be the material that I don't really do anymore um, about my parents. Yeah. You know, this will mm-hmm. be sort of a, a love letter, you know, in my heart, in my mind, way. you know, no yeah. one else knew this, you know, to the people that supported me my entire career. And, you know, the last few years have, have for me, have been that transition to uh, being the adult mm-hmm. in the house. You know, the role reversal thing has happened. So uh, I, I, th- I thought this would be a good idea to put that material there sort of as a, a love letter and a thank you to my parents and as a sort of a nudge and a wink to people who are in that position. And it worked, you know, I remember in between takes, the director came over to me and started talking to me about his parents, Uh about how they weren't there yet, Mm. you know, and him, but, but he could see it and him and his siblings were starting to talk about it, which is more than what most people do. Most people just try to ignore it, you know, but maybe, I guess he was the oldest, but he's like, yeah, I see it, Mm. you know, and kudos to him for, for trying to get out ahead of it. And uh, I, at the end of the night, I remember talking to a couple who uh, had been there, done that mm-hmm. uh, with her parents, mm-hmm. you know, and they, they seemed, they were so grateful that somebody could take something that's not on its face funny at all, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but there are elements of the role reversal that are hilarious. Yeah. And I, I think if we could put it out there, it a does what Carlin does. It makes people laugh about something that's actually really serious. And then it's like, oh, okay, now what do we do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's great, and I I relate to the parent thing. Just my, my dad is uh, all I've got because my mom passed away, but uh, he went through a hip surgery 
uh Oof. 20 it was a latter part of 2019 and uh, mm. that was a journey uh i i don't say the word journey very much but uh it was it was a lot and uh for yeah. both of us and <laughs> we we uh uh we got to know each other a little bit better. I know that. And uh, oh my but, gosh, yeah. But pe- yeah. they get so stubborn, you know. They just no. I'm not going to get up out of this chair, and I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to get my hip feeling good, and mm-hmm. everything's wrong. And yeah, it's yeah. Well, first of all, PT is hard. Physical therapy is hard, no matter how old you are. Yeah. You know, you add on some years and some crankiness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> That's tough stuff. Yeah. How's he doing now? How's he doing now? Um, actually, mobility-wise, he's pretty good, except for he's got neuropathy on because uh, he's diabetic. He's got the neuropathy on the mm. bottom of his feet. So, okay. he, you know, right now his position is I. there's no reason for me to get the hip replacement. I shouldn't have done it because I can't walk because of my feet. But, you know, so now I'm looking for different remedies for that because there's not a whole lot you can do. So. Yeah. Try to make it a little bit better so we can get up and walk a little bit. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely tough, you know, and I, I remember, you know, trying to shop my way out of whatever was happening yeah. with my, my parents, you know. Yeah. It was like my dad needed cane tips. Like, the, he was just out there with a cane with no tip on yeah. it. And I'm like, okay, this is a disaster uh-huh. about to happen. I'm on Amazon looking for cane tips, yeah. you know. And, you know, so whatever they needed something, I'd look it up and buy it on Amazon. And it really changed my algorithm. You know, uh-huh. like Amazon must think I'm an 80 year old woman. Because <laughs> if you like cane tips, maybe you'll like diapers. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, do you know much, how much lingerie I got to search to get my algorithm back on yeah. point? You know. <laughs> but oh. yeah, and 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 to their stubbornness, I, I I like to, and you can only do this. You can't do this in the moment. You have to do it in a quiet moment when you're not having an argument, when you don't want to wheel them out into traffic Uh and, and realize how long have they been adults doing what they want to do, how they want to do it. And just, you, you switch that around and somebody walked up to you all of a sudden and said, Hey, you can't drive anymore. Give me your keys. How hard would you fight? How hard would you fight? (laughs) Yeah. I'd fight. You know, so it's, it's a, it's a big change and it, it gets it's scary and it, it, it can speak to our sense of identity mm-hmm. and our sense of freedom yeah and so when you when you put that in your mind before the next big fight <laughs> <laughs> maybe the fight isn't as big yeah or you realize you don't need to win this one right yeah um, or you approach it differently so it's not a fight you know yeah. it's so much of this is learning Mm-hmm. <laughs> on the job learning, yeah, you know, and I, I can only say this after having a couple of yelling matches with old people. <laughs> yeah. I compare it to having uh, grandkids more than kids turning it around because you let grandkids oh, do whatever okay. they want as long as they don't get hurt. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think it's, I think it's pretty much like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there were, there were some, I really had to decide which battles I wanted to fight and they're not all worth it. Yeah. You know, like I stopped having the food fight. Yeah. Like if it was nothing that was going to, you know, raise his blood pressure and, you know, send him to the hospital. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, you can have the candy. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking candy from an 80 year old baby. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> oh man. So, um, Obviously, the comedy has taken you other places. You you did the mm-hmm. podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson for a while, and you've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of writing. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't get to read any of 
dicked jokes, but can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, sure. And I'm sure. saying I, it right, I, I, right? I, yes, you are. <laughs> Visual aid right yeah. here. Um, it, it, you know, it's much more important, you know, when it, we're, we're doing radio, when we mention the book, that that T yeah. has to be properly yeah. enunciated so the F- that we don't pique the interest of the FCC. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm sure they have other fish to fry. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the book is called uh, Dict Jokes, and Dict is short for dictionary because mm-hmm. I'm like a giant word nerd. Like yeah. that was my undergrad degree, you know, journalism and creative writing. And I just I've kind of always had the idea throughout my life that words would be more fun if they meant what they sound like. Yeah. You know, because I, <laughs> I had those parents that were like, sound it out, you know, get uh, up and get the dictionary. That's back when you had to actually physically get up and get right uh, the dictionary. And like, it was just easier for me to sit there and read my book and go, okay, this word sounds like what I think means what I think it sounds like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So like, like during my, my shows, I tell people, I said, you know, the uh, example is grammatology sounds like the study of grandmothers. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. or histrionics sounds like the history of Ebonics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or or elixir sounds like how British men give oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's just it's just a silly little book. You know, it's a co- silly little coffee table book. But I I, I think we need silly little books. Yes. You know, yeah, I agree. my. my I love. I would love it when because I would sell these after my shows and people would come by. They say, "Can I take a look?" And I said, "Sure." They pick up the book. I would love it when they would just flip the book and then start giggling. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> "There you go." Yeah, like that. And then they reach into their pockets. They're buying the book, or they have friends who are teachers, or they have you know friends who have students who are taking the SAT. And so, because that's the thing, these are real words. Uh-huh. <laughs> these are actually real, <laughs> honest to goodness words. Um, and so the, the, the sale, you know, is that, yes, yeah, my funny definition, uh, but you actually get the real definition of mm. the word and it's, uh, it's part of speech. So you yeah. can fool around and accidentally learn stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's not, <laughs> that's not how I sell it. It's not yeah. how I sell it. Just, just have some fun, yeah. you know, just take it with you. It's a bathroom book. You take it in, you start laughing, things uh-huh. move along, yeah. you know, <laughs> So yeah, no, I loved it doing it at my shows, and you know, it's of course they're on Amazon. I had volumes one and two of this book uh-huh. on Amazon. So that's great. If you're a word nerd, yeah, by all means, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm I'm a big vocab nut, and along with that, the people with parents podcast. This goes into you taking care of mom and dad right now. Yeah, and- I. I I'm yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead if, yeah. No, no. Yeah, they started the podcast, People with Parents, and it, it, it actually came out of the, the frustration of not understanding what was happening, mm-hmm. you know, to them and our relationship. And, and even before that, I started talking about it on stage because it was just taking a bigger, bigger, you know, uh, space in my life. And it was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as comics, you know, depending on the type of comic you are, you process your life through your art and you tell jokes on stage. And I started having people come up to me, you know, tell me about their mom, their father-in-law, their mm-hmm. aunt, you know, and, and I thought it would be a generational thing, but no, I had young people too, cause they have grandparents, Yeah, you know, or they have, you know, they were, uh, their parents had them late in life. So they had older mm. parents. And so I, I had no idea how many people were struggling with this because we don't talk about it. And I started the podcast out of just, I needed that outlet that wasn't always stand up because some of this stuff just wasn't flat out funny, right? you know, and I, it was really my way of reaching out and looking for help. Mm-hmm. And I found out, wow, there's an entire, 
you know, huge community of people who are laboring Mm -hmm. with, you know, what it means to take care of an elderly loved one or, Mm -hmm. or a loved one who is unwell. Mm. Uh, and how do you how do you manage that? And you know these there are some interviews, but most of these turned out to just be you know funny little poignant stories mm. that would happen between me and my dad. Like one of one of my most popular series of episodes is when um, how do you set the thermostat in a multi generational home? Yeah. You know, and I I woke up one night middle of the night it's July and my dad had the heat on. Yeah, because. Cause the old man was always cold. You know, he's wearing layers. He's wearing long johns. He's wearing all of it. And he's still cold. I woke up in a sweat going, Oh my God, is this menopause? Like, did it start? What's happening? (laughs) You know? And at the time the thermostat was in, we have a two family house. The thermostat was in his part of the house. And you know, so I'm going down there, setting it back to normal and looking at him going, don't you touch that thermostat. It's his house. I'm telling him not to touch the thermostat. It is. (laughs) And it got so bad that I paid to have that thermostat taken out. I put in a new one that I could control with my phone and then I locked it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I had the nerve to go off and perform at a conference. <laughs> I, I get to the conference. Everybody's like, yeah, hey, Leanne, how you doing? So what's going on with the thermostat? Yeah. <laughs> Like I have no idea how many people were like into this little urban shady ponds drama of me, my dad, and this thermostat. But it it hits home for so many people because how do you how do you regulate the temperature in a multi generational home? Uh-huh. It's a real question for some people. Yeah, who who gets to be comfortable? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no. So you, so yes, it 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 has been. That's how the podcast started. It's been therapeutic for me mm. to just get these stories out. And it's been helpful for some people to know that they're not alone right. on this journey. Because there there's some real hard stories out there yeah. of what people are, are dealing with. Yeah. And I found the, the humor part, you know, bringing it on stage is one type of therapy. And then actually talking it out as it is, is the mm-hmm. other. And yeah. really, if you don't do both, it, you're not... You're not tackling all of it. Uh, the right. humor part gets you more able to talk about the serious part, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. You know, one of the most interesting com- comments I've ever had about the podcast, uh, someone mentioned to me, they said they when they see it pop up in their feed, they're like, yay! Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they're they're going to laugh, but they're also going to feel. Yeah. There, there's going to be some feelings there yeah. that, you know, might not be comfortable to feel on the commute to work when you're crying on the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I take that as a compliment. Right. You know, to be able to, to move people in mm. that way. Right. Um, so we're going to get down to the last question. I, I like to ask everybody this in a little bit different way, but... Uh, the best part of being in comedy is all the comedians you meet and they come into your life. Mm. And the oh, worst yeah. part of comedy is all the comedians you meet and they come into your life. <laughs> no so, argument from me. Yeah, yeah. So I like to ask, um, what's the best and worst pieces of advice that you got coming up? Oh, the, okay. The worst piece of advice I got coming up, uh, Again, women were told back in the day not to not to dress too sexy Uh on stage because, you know, a woman in the audience might think you want her man. Yeah. What? (laughs) 
Yeah, and I, you know what? And I believe that. You look at very, really early footage of me. There's really, there's not a, a ton out there, but I, you know, I'm wearing hats and boxy jackets, and I'm not a girl. <laughs> Don't look at me. It's ridiculous. But I, I finally had to get comfortable in myself and my skin and realize it's got nothing to do with the audience. Mm. It's how I feel when I get on stage. Right. And so I actually joke about it now. You know, they say don't bring, you know, don't dress too sexy on stage. A woman in the audience might think you want her man. And I look at the audience. I'm like, ladies, rest easy. I got Netflix and batteries. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> uh, I, I think the best advice, and it, um, you know, I, it's hard to narrow it down because I've gotten such good advice from so many people, you know, you have to be willing to listen though, you know, mm. and, and take it in. But the best direct advice I got was from Bobby Collins. Okay. He, I, I've opened for him many times, you know, at various clubs. Mm. And he said, you have to let them love you. Mm. You know, don't be so guarded on stage. And so mm, he says, yeah. like, they want to love you. People are coming to comedy shows. Most of them, mm. you know, some people got some issues. Most people want, that connection that's why they're watching it live we're not they're not home watching it on youtube so he goes open open that up and let them in and let them love you mm. you know and that that comes down to being relaxed and confident yeah on stage and it was it 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 wasn't instant you know but it, it definitely informed and changed how i approached performing mm. so that's great. Yeah. I've I've always wondered if I should give these questions ahead of time, but I think if you think too much <laughs> about them, then you, you sometimes you don't pick out the best. You're like, eh, I don't know yeah, about this. No, one. Yeah, no, yeah. See, I'm type A. I would have studied. I would have had a treatise here. Yeah. You know, would be flipping pages. So section seventy two diagrams like, and yeah, 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 yeah. We're sharing screens. It's not. It's yeah. Not. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, so let's uh, let's get into uh, what where we can find you and what you're working on now. So, oh sure, go. Uh, um, the best place to find me, the access point to all things me, is my website, which is veryfunnylady.com, uh, because people can spell that after they've had their two drink minimum. Uh, <laughs> unlike my name, yeah. no matter how much they like me, where does the G go? I mean, it's just it's it's sad. Uh -huh. So veryfunnylady.com is is how to find me, and that'll get you to my Twitter, my IG, my Instagram, uh, my Facebook. Uh, I'm really trying to have people uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, mm -hmm. which is Leanne Lord Comedy, because okay. uh, we've been trying to get more videos up there. And there's, there's already a ton of content there mm -hmm. that I think people will enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what I'm working on now, I you know I am continuing to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, I've happily transitioned from doing live in-person shows to doing virtual shows because mm. this is where we are now yeah and i i had no idea that i would enjoy it so much you know i, I spent the first you know 20 plus years of my career leaving my house to do comedy now i'm like you want me to leave my house to do comedy yeah. <laughs> you know and and so building that skill set and and doing those shows has been more fun than i expected yeah you know so it, it I don't know how much longer this will go, but I, I don't feel as horrible as I felt last year when everything shut down yeah. at first. So I'm, I'm enjoying building that audience and that skill set in, uh -huh. in, in my square, yeah. so to speak. It's different, isn't it? And, uh, it is. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't take to it very well, but I still do it. And I, f I find that I do much better because I don't do much crowd work when I'm on a IRL uh -huh. stage, but in a Zoom room, I do a lot of crowd work. 
and that brings them in, and then they mm-hmm. listen to the rest. So, yeah, right. and, and I always give the host a bunch of crap, too. So, you know, that that always helps, too. So, uh, yeah, it's it's different. and uh, It's different, and you only – Again, these are the, it's not that much different from the real world. Right. You know, when you first started comedy, yeah, that was awkward. That was weird. What'd you do? You went to open mics. You got better. Mm. What do you do for Zoom shows or online shows? You do them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do, and then you do more of them. You know, stop making it complicated, everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. How do I MC a show the same way you did in real life? You explain <laughs> to the audience what's about to happen, what's expected of them, what we would like. Unmute your mics, turn your camera on. You know, mm. make sure you don't have any background noise. You let them know as the MC what's expected of them, mm-hmm. and then you go and introduce everybody like they're your best friend. Yeah. You know, and you make it feel like cohesive experience. Same job, yeah. everybody. Same job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's different. It's uh, it's. I've had a lot of fun doing it, and my first few were just absolutely awful, and uh, they Good. were re- they were recorded. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> oh no. Do you stand up or sit down? Um, I I prefer to stand, uh-huh. but man, if I'm closing. My feet after an hour are like we don't like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so because it's it I, that's yeah it's it, it's just been hard. So I try to do best of both worlds. Yeah. You know, like I let them know the comments in the beginning. I was like, listen, you guys, I'm here. I'm listening because I like supporting the show. Mm. I think it's important. Um, and then I I sort of mosey back to my area where I'm I'm standing for my show. But I think it's it's a better energy. <laughs> I shouldn't say better. Um, it's a stand-up energy. Mm. Now, if you have to sit, you know, that's fine. Yeah. You know, I get it. You know, but I I like standing. I've stood my entire career. Yeah. And I, I feel more in show mode yeah. when I, I'm standing. I, I feel absolutely the same. And that's why I've got this going on. I've got, you know, I've got the mic yep. and the stand and everything. Mm-hmm. So it just, yeah. it just works Different better energy. for me. The only problem yeah. is that I'm 6'5", so uh, getting the camera at the right place is really yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that positioning, like I like my pre-show tech is like, okay, I'm moving the the, the stand and yeah. the mic and the light. And the, you know, I've become my own producer, yep. you know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a lot. And I'm 5'7". Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you talking to me, Leanne. After uh, you've been on my phone for about a year and a half, so wow, <laughs> I I I appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me to do this, man. I I love talking about myself. No, no, no. I mean, I love talking about <laughs> I love talking about comedy, man. Yeah, this is this is, this is my heart. Yeah, so I appreciate it. This has been great. And folks, make sure to go to uh, veryfunnylady.com. And all the links will be in the show notes. That'll make it easy. Thanks for watching. A few of you watched. And thanks for listening.